0: Welcome to episode four of the Heart Vision Podcast. I'm your host, Tristan Montoya. And today's episode is a little bit different because I'm inviting a good friend of mine and guest onto the show. Her name is Celeste Racy. And we're going to be diving into a conversation about a lot of things today, about freedom, about empowerment, about living your best life, becoming the best you. Uh, but really, this is um, this is a conversation that was inspired by some conversations that Celeste and I have, have been continuing weekly almost for the last couple months and we call these chats cacao and conversation so we drink cacao guatemalan cacao because we're here in Guatemala, and we we speak from the heart we just open up and we speak about whatever's going on in our lives sometimes we support one another we're both coaches we're both in the in the life coaching industry and this is our passion this is our profession and this is and we support and help one another and we definitely i've i've relied on celeste to help bring me into awareness when when i need you know that that support from a friend that um that insight that perspective and and i've offered her whatever i can offer in those in these moments where we create this space together so tonight is um basically aligning with with our intention to have these inspired conversations to elevate ourselves to raise our vibration and we wanted to share these conversations because we we, we both agree and i 'm going to bring Celeste on in a second here. We both agree that this is these conversations need to be shared they need to be heard. People need to have these inspired chats and really up level each other and start speaking their visions into being so we 've had these inspired conversations we 've really started to create our visions just by speaking them into being and it 's a really powerful thing we 've got some amazing energy down here in San Marcos, Guatemala. Um, It's a little microcosm of magic and creation and creativity. So Celeste is doing amazing things. We're going to talk a little bit about her projects and what she's up to. Um, I want to welcome Celeste to the show, and she can tell you a little bit about herself and how she got to this point in her 22 years of existence on this earth. So Celeste, welcome.
1: Thank you so much, Tristan. I'm super excited to be here with my cacao, as always.
0: absolutely. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers to that.
1: Hmm. What would you like to know?
0: Well, start off with um. <laughs> obviously, you know, my last uh, podcast was was called "This Is 40 so I was ex- <laughs> I was exploring my four decades on this earth and just kind of what I've taken away from that. You've practically lived half the the time I have, and and yet here we are, like like two equals, two colleagues, and I feel like you've got just a world of experience already in your 22 years. My question, my curiosity about you becoming friends was like, wow, how did you get this way? Because it took me, I was pretty much unconscious and drunk (laughs) or high and and just completely off on some ego trip during the most of my 20s until I had a, a Saturn return around 27, 28. And I started to wise up and come into awareness of my bad habits and all the things that were keeping me from my purpose. But you seem to have found your purpose really early on. You've gotten the training you've gotten the mentors you've gotten the, your projects underway you've gotten so much put into place early like at 22 when most people don't have a clue what they're doing with their life they're barely they're maybe they're out of college or they're still in college maybe they they've they've just signed up to their first job and they're not even like happy doing it and here you are creating your dream business and working with amazing people in an inspired location that you chose so how did this all come to be
1: I think you touch on a really important part, which is having awareness. (laughs) So you said that for you to sort of step out of what you were doing and find what it was that was really fulfilling for you, it took having awareness of the patterns of the things that weren't serving you and having awareness of what it is that you wanted to step into instead. And so in my shorter life experience, there's been a lot of awareness that I've had in what is it that I want and what's no longer working for me? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that has been guided by how I feel in situations. We were talking before the podcast, we started recording all about feelings. And I think that really, Trusting yourself, trusting what you feel in situations and really learning to listen to your own inner guidance more than anything else mm-hmm. is what's going to guide you and accelerate you towards the path of creating and then ultimately living your dreams.
0: Right. So let me let me address that, because this is what you said is is sounds common sense. It sounds like something everyone should just intuitively know. Right. But that would that would. Uh, that would mean that they'd already know what their intuition is. Mm-hmm. I've worked with people in professionally. I've had women in their fifties mm-hmm. ask me, well, what is intuition? What does that even mean? They've lived, you know, twice as long as you have, and they still don't know what that means. So just to just, you know, how did you get to the point where you could even listen to your inner guidance and discern that from the rest of the noise? Cause most people just can't even get past the noise.
1: So in my experiences, I have realized how important it is to listen to myself above others. And I think to start even knowing that you have an intuitive voice that's guiding you, it takes awareness to stop looking outside of yourself and start paying attention to you. What do I like? Because I remember a couple of years ago being asked by a friend of mine, you know, all of these different sort of getting to know you questions. And I didn't know any of them (laughs) about myself because I'd never really taken the time to get curious. And so I remember that one conversation with him, you know, what, what kind of music do you like And this? I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And I, that scared me actually to kind of be asked these questions. And, and I didn't really know because I had never self-reflected and the more self-reflective we are, the more we learn about ourselves, the more we get to pay attention to, okay, I actually do like this or I don't like this. And I think so many of us are focused on what should I like to please this person or what should I like or follow or do to make this person accept or like me. Um, you know, all of that is going to guide you away from figuring out what it is that you truly want. Mm. And I, I had had an experience. I went and um, it comes down to really taking permission for yourself mm. because we get so busy. We get wrapped up in this sort of the collective um, momentum of what we should be doing, mm. right? All of the shoulds. And the, I could feel that when I graduated high school, mm-hmm. everyone around me wanting to go straight to college and not even necessarily wanting to, but that was the only way, mm-hmm. right? The, the This is the direction the river flows. And so everyone does what they should do. And the the summer before I my senior year of high school, I took a trip. And I volunteered in Ecuador for two months. And I lived in this remote um, community, like in the mountains, everyone spoke Spanish, I got paired with a partner. And that really was the first opening of my world to see a bigger picture to see more possibilities. Because I think a lot of reasons why people aren't creating their dreams or living what it is that they truly want is because they really only are recycling the same visions over and over again of what what is projected to them by media, what they should want from the magazines, from the celebrities, from, right. you know, from what their parents have been conditioned to want and then therefore want for their children. Right. And so by stepping out of the flow, by taking time to really strengthen myself as a young adolescent in being 17 years old and in the mountains of Ecuador, learning how to communicate my needs in a, a language that I was uncomfortable with, like all of those things were really strengthening for me and to see greater possibilities of what, what lives are being lived out in the world. Yeah. And, and after doing that and returning back home, I returned a, a changed woman because I could see so much more being possible for my life in all of that time when I wasn't, you know, plugged into the internet or anything. I didn't have any, any connection with anyone other than being present with who was there in front of me. And so that presence, that awareness of me and like, what do I like? What do I not like having all of this time to self-reflect in the mountains of Ecuador really allowed the inner conversation to begin.
0: Yeah. This touches on something I came across, and and you don't have to speak about your business if you don't want, but one thing I came across reading through your your Facebook uh, business page, is this idea of, of helping women to learn to accept themselves and how they feel. And it sounds like you, in your experience, you, you had this experience of accepting yourself as you are, your, your emotional state, your way of being, like, and you went back and you, you integrated back into your family. Now, this is the, this is the interesting thing. I, I come across this a lot with my clients when I start to support them in, in making that shift into being an, a, a liberated individual, a sovereign individual where they make, you say take permission, I say, I, I like to say when they give themselves permission to be who they are, it's a different, you can talk about the lexicon and why you chose that word, but what I'm most interested in knowing right now is when you came back to your family and you decided this is who I am, now I know who I am, What what gave you the sense of empowerment? Because most people fear not being supported by their family, literally like having their family take away the, the love that, they, that that person receives unless they conform and they, they be who the, who the people want them to be. We were talking before we started recording about um, the, the Five Regrets of the Dying. It's a, it's a book by Bronnie Ware, who was a hospice nurse for many years and wrote a book about what people regretted most. And most people said, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. I'm curious if your brush with 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 uh, a near-death experience caused you to realize that quicker than having to get to the end to realize it.
1: Absolutely. So, um, yes, I did have a near-death experience a couple years ago, and that also played a role in, like you you say, returning back from Ecuador to see my family. I definitely did not return from that knowing who I was, <laughs> but I knew that there was a greater possibility of who I could create myself to become. I don't think we are anything there's nothing to find like we talk about finding ourselves in in the spiritual community in the transformational community in life right yeah. um but i don't think we so much find ourselves as create ourselves mm. we 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 clarify we find the vision of what's in the heart heart mm. vision right mm. we find the vision and then we create that for ourselves so it's not like we are we we are always who we're choosing to become mm. if that makes any sense and um having a near death experience also again it, it's all about reorganizing your priorities what's really really important for you and in that experience it's like who who am i being who am i being and so much of the time we're giving we're we're compromising ourselves we're censoring ourselves we're living in fear because we are allowing other people's opinions of us to be more important than our opinion of ourselves yeah and i think that shift really really understanding that the only person's opinion that matters of me is mine. And that everyone else's opinion of me is not personal. (laughs) It's their constructed idea of who I am. And that is an extremely liberating truth to come upon. And when I took permission to choose myself above other people, above their opinions, it doesn't mean that I don't care for others, but it means that I can't, I can't give them who I truly am if I'm compromising or censoring or, or changing who I am in exactly. order to please the image they've created of exactly. me. Exactly. Right? And okay. so the, the more authentic I allowed myself to become, the more I then had of myself, my true self, to give to the people that I loved so much. And so it really is a selfish thing to do, To take personally the other like the opinions of others to not honor your dreams to not do that because then the person you're being isn't who you are yeah and so everyone that you love so much doesn't actually know who you are because you don't know who you are and you're not you're not living that fully in the world so having the shift of priorities understanding that there's so much possibility out there and then committing to yourself to to know what your opinion is of yourself now and then commit to transforming that to be one of love and of appreciation and of genuine connection and friendship like to have that actual relationship with yourself there's nothing more important and from that place of of self-connection and self-appreciation that then gets to overflow to everybody around you yeah But it takes courage. It it, takes a lot of courage, massive courage, to step away from that.
0: Yeah, massive courage. It reminds me when when I was, um, and I want to hear more about um, your experience. But Mm -hmm. when when um, some things that shaped me, um, when I was going through my 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 conscious awakening, but Mm -hmm. really what you know, I call it a lot of the things I was reading at the time was referring to this time as a spiritual emergency. I was having a, a an emergence of spirit through crisis. <laughs> and I spiritual
1: I, emergency. Yeah. That
0: was coined by Stanislav Grof, who's actually the founder of holotropic Bre- breathwork breathing. Mm-hmm. And, um, anyway, um, I was going through a bit of an emergency. I, I, when I was at home depressed, uh, in my mom's house, you know, one of the teachers I tuned into was Wayne Dyer and Wayne Dyer inspired me at a particular time when I was needing the support and love of my family. And only my mom really understood what I was going through. Um, Wayne Dyer would always say, I would rather be loathed for who I am than loved for who I'm not. Mm -hmm. And that gave me strength to just be who I am. Um, You're, you're saying all the right things and and everyone, and, and and it sounds great, but how does a person find that, that, courage to be who they are. I remember, let me give you an example. When I was, um, 15 going on 16, I remember my parents split up and my parents' divorce was, was actually an identity shattering, moment in my life. I mm-hmm. didn't know who I had memories. I had a, I had a future envisioned with two parents that were still together. I envisioned myself meeting a girl in college, going to the ideal East coast college, coming back with a girlfriend who had, who, who had a promise ring on her finger, <laughs> introducing them to my parents who lived together in the same house. And all right. of a sudden my dad is sleeping on the couch and he's mm-hmm. talking about getting a, an apartment. Right. And I was just think that destroyed my sense of identity. And I had to figure myself out um, after that you like what's what was your what was your moment where you decided like i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to create my own sense of self
1: i don't think it's so much a moment as a commitment that happens moment to moment over and over again mm. you don't just i mean i i do agree that decisions are made but it's it's a commitment to stay with that over and over again Because it's it doesn't always happen. It doesn't happen in a straight line, right? It doesn't happen from point A to point B. Um, The question that you had to back up a minute was like, when when did I have the courage to fully be who I was? And I would say it unfolded in layers. Mm -hmm. Because as I got to know who I was, I would sort of give myself the courage to be who I thought I was, and then in that experience, that would then deepen, and Mm -hmm. then I would it. It's a continual unfolding. Yeah. I guess. And it starts again for saying the right things, but for someone practically listening and being somewhere that they don't want to be, it takes that commitment to yourself to want to find out, right? A lot of people will look at the unknown, the unknown territory of, who am I? That really big question of who am I and what do I want. I think those are some of the most important questions we can ask. And so many of us will sort of like, hmm, that is a really good question. And back to whatever I'm doing, or be busy, or whatever. I'm not really give it the attention. No one can change if they don't want to. No one needs to change if they don't want to. But those questions invite a really beautiful exploration on the other side. Should you choose to commit to discovering what's on the other side? Yeah and for i like i don't have the answer for somebody to just become courageous it takes it takes their commitment and their willingness and in the company that that my beautiful soul sister kim and i are now creating it's it's offering the framework of the tools that i've sort of gathered for myself the truths the the ways of thinking the like all of this to kind of come together as a framework for somebody who is committed to wanting to discover that to have a space for self-reflection for them to see what they find. Right. And I think that in, in having the courage, there's a book that I found a couple mm, last year, actually. And it was when I was struggling with a new sense of, um, stepping out on my own and knowing that I was going to make some people in my life, you know, uncomfortable or, um, angry about whatever I was doing, I found this book. It appeared to me at a, at a crystal shop in, in Australia. And it was the courage to be disliked. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And this book fell at the perfect time into, as books always do, as all of the right teachers always do, Mm -hmm. um, the courage to be disliked. And that really, I I just felt the really strong call to pick pick that up and, and soothe myself with whatever was in that book, because Mm -hmm. I could completely resonate with, wow, yeah, I need more courage. Even then, even after I had taken a gap year and I had left like left university and I stepped into this world of wanting to create my life for myself, there was still lots of fear and doubt and it, it doesn't necessarily go away. We just learn how to dance with our own shadow. Yeah. And before you know what that shadow is or what your patterns are, then it's really scary and we don't really know what to do with it. And And this book showed up for me to help me see that the courage to be disliked is the courage to be happy, the Mm. courage to create your dream life because it's, it's confronting the fear of being disliked by others. Right. Yeah. And really there is no other. Yeah. There's only ever our own thoughts. We're making assumptions about other people's ideas of us anyway. Exactly. And so all of that comes back to this, Piece that we started in the beginning which is having awareness yeah what am i thinking Mm -hmm. and that's where i start the journey of um you know guiding all the women that are part of the program i'm creating is really starting with that question of what am i thinking who Mm. am i being now right having awareness of that and then making the commitment to journey through this process of figuring out what's underneath the surface definitely
0: uh, one thing came to mind when you were, a lot of things came to mind, but mm-hmm. one, one thing I've always heard, and this is a catchy little saying, I don't know who told me, but I remembered it. It's um confidence comes after courage.
1: Exactly. Yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> right? Yes.
0: Everyone wants to start, like, they're like, I just want to be confident. Well... <laughs> be courageous first yeah and
1: courageous it's super important courage requires risk
0: and, and like it's
1: uncomfortable it's scary totally, totally. it's like put on a pedestal we think about courage like oh she's so courageous you know we, we really admire it but when you think about all of the times that you use courage it's really really uncomfortable <laughs> it takes a lot of strength and that is how confidence happens and and um Yeah, we think that it. We think that we need the confidence first. Yeah, and it doesn't. It comes no, after. How,
0: yeah, how can it come first? I mean, we have to. We but have it's to. It's really- the
1: commitment. It's the commitment to yeah. change, to explore, to self-reflect, to to want to go deeper. Yeah.
0: And to want to go against the grain, and this is what's, what's on my mind right now that I want to address with you. We're mm-hmm. almost two decades apart, so we grew up in definitely different generations. I graduated high school in the 90s, mm-hmm. okay? You were, like, <laughs> just being born. Um, <laughs> basically, um so we're talking about the courage to, to take risks. And one thing that occurred to me, even with our age difference, like, like I was, I was, we I think we relate in the sense one, we met here in Guatemala. So we're both Americans and we're both living outside of our home country Mm -hmm. and we're pursuing our dreams and living our version of the American dream. It just happens to be central America, (laughs) but we, we took the license to leave our country, to leave what the life that, that others had planned for us or expected of us. And we chose to do something different. I left to go to Mexico when I was, when I was, when I was, I was nineteen, I tried working an office job. Every all my other friends went to college right away. They mm-hmm. early admission. They you know yeah. I remember I just remember Don't like Don't miss a beat. <laughs> none of- all my friends had, had already been accepted early admission to their chosen colleges mm-hmm. and they'd taken, you know, all the SAT prep courses and they, you know, they they'd done everything right. They'd filled in all the college applications and then they were starting to get their letters in the mail and, Oh, look, I just got into this university. Mm-hmm. And then they'd be like, where'd you get in? And I said, well, I haven't even applied. And they said, what do you mean you haven't applied? And I said, well, I don't know if I'm going to go to college. And am like, what do you mean you're not going to go to college? I said, well,
1: don't you want to have a good life? <laughs> right.
0: And, and like, I, I just, I couldn't believe it. Like, um, people just, just the fear, the fear culture. I grew up around the Washington DC area and it was, a, you know, it was a political area. It was a very driven, ambitious area. Mm-hmm. Kids were groomed to, to, to follow in their parents' footsteps, which was to have a secure life and a healthy career and raise a family and buy a, buy a house and have a mortgage and be a soccer coach <laughs> to your, for your kids. <laughs> and it's like, I didn't want that life. I yeah. saw that suburban life. I grew up in, you know, I was fortunate to grow up in a, in a, in a, white middle-class area, mostly not that white has anything to do with it. I'm just, I happen to be white. Um, but I grew up very, in a very secure um, environment and never missed a meal. And my dad actually offered to pay for college, which was great. Some people are saddled with debt. Um, I did end up going to college. But I needed a whole year to explore. I went to Mexico and then I, 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 I went back to Arizona and I worked some odd jobs and I took a couple of courses here and there. And finally I got into, I got into a four year university, but I, I didn't do it until I was good and damn ready. Mm-hmm. And, and then, I, you know, my, my education was still a little bit liberal. I chose Spanish. I chose international business. The highlight of my trip, my, my four years at school was actually going to Spain. And had mm-hmm. I not done that, I would have been miserable. Mm-hmm. So what advice, like you've, you've, um, I don't even know if you've gone to college. Have you?
1: I did a year of university. Okay. And then I left that to pursue coaching and create to to step into the unknown and meet what would greet me there. Awesome. Yeah.
0: So this is, this is kind of, you know, what you're speaking to in your audience, the business you're growing is basically speaking to people at that juncture between high school and college. And, And this is where you don't have to talk about your business, but just that transition that we're in our culture, in the American culture, there's a lot of pressure to go to, to college, and that Huge. basically that basically comes from a society that's that. And if you go, I don't want to get into conspiracies, but it basically keeps us in this in this um, in kind of what. It's a
1: broken system. It's
0: a broken system. We can even call it like the debt slave system. It's you, you get out of college saddled with debt, and you have no choice but to go into a job to pay for the debt. Pay off the debt, and and then you get stuck in a job, and and you can't get out because to get out of the job means to have gaps in your resume, and if you have gaps in your resume, you won't be seen as the ideal employee, and then you won't get the job. And so there's a lot of fear around stay in the system, don't don't um, diverge from from the system, like stay on track from college, from high school to college, college to job, job to retirement, and then you can live. And it's, like, it's-
1: now I think I think that the college system is broken for people who don't know who they are or what they want. I think it's beautiful to get higher education for you to dive deeper and gain the skills to really thrive at whatever the profession is that calls for you, whatever the way is that you want to be giving back to the world. And in our system, there's lots of careers and professions that require a degree and that's totally fine. But I think for this, what what I'm so passionate about and what, what my partner and I are building a business around is for women in at this high school age, right? And for anyone really wanting to take time to to self-reflect, but specifically between high school and college, how could you, how, how, it is very, very unlikely that at that point in time, as you're just stepping out to be independent on your own, that you know clearly who you are, what you want, and where you would want to invest upwards of six figures into an education towards learning and developing, you know, skill sets to support you professionally Moving forward in life, and so that's why I'm so passionate about the gap year movement, is because it's making this time for self exploration and self reflection more socially acceptable in this early phase of your life, where those questions are super prominent and not really talked about or discussed. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the assumption of okay, you're supposed to pick, and, and I, I have friends who are sort of having these. Earlier than quarter life crises, sitting with their counselors talking about which major should they choose in while they're paying for, you know, university mm-hmm. going like that's the first real time that they've been, they're being asked to make a decision about which direction are you going? And they still don't know. Mm-hmm. And, and they're not, you're not supposed to know. You know, you're supposed to be getting experiences, and it's really only true through your life experiences that you have the yeah. visceral feeling of guidance to yeah. know this feels good for me, or this doesn't feel good for me, yeah. or I'm going to feel joyful on this path, or I have no idea what's going to be on this path, right? And I think that the the, the gap year movement is so important for upcoming generations to be aware of that it's an option, right? Talking about possibilities, that being one of the key accelerators for me in being where I am now is because I was aware of more possibilities. So in bringing gap years to just the consciousness of young people in America specifically, Just to know that there are other options. There are other ways people are living their life. There are other decisions being made by empowered individuals who aren't ending up homeless and living out of a van down by a river. You know, people can take gap years and have amazing realizations and make memories and meet people and open up opportunities that you could never even dream of as an 18-year-old coming out of high school. That you'll only find when you have the courage to step out into the unknown and embrace what meets you there.
0: Yeah. Well, this is, I mean, and and again, like what you're saying, it it sounds so spot on. It's so like, you know, like it it sounds good. And I I know the listeners like, yeah, that's amazing. But then the question is, how do I do that? I talked to a gap year girl the the other day, a young woman um, about your age, you even know her and I won't mention her name, but she asked me, how do you, how do I even find my purpose? Like, what do I, like, what is that, what am I supposed to do? And then she, it was a genuine question. And my, my answer was, Follow your bliss. Like, come, come back to joy. Come back to like the mind of a child and remember what, remember what it felt like to play. And it was interesting because when I talked to this young woman, she was actually babysitting. It was, a, <laughs> and and so she was literally watching children. And I and I gave her this this suggestion, just to just watch how children are, watch how they gravitate towards what's natural and what's playful and what's exciting and light. And this is like when we're when we're on our path and we're finding our joy and our passion and all that. It sounds great to say, oh, yeah, follow your bliss, follow your joy, do your highest excitement. But what people what people I think what I what I what what comes to mind is like, but how's that going to make me a living? How am I going to support myself? And the fear comes in because we're conditioned with fear. So Mm -hmm. part of having courage is breaking through the fear threshold, the fear barrier, let's call it. Right. And what you and I are doing. And what a lot of other people in this conscious community are doing that are literally creating themselves, like you call it, creating our destiny, creating our, our best version of ourselves is we've broken through a fear threshold that only exists in our minds, but is back is part of cultural programming. It's part of a collective agreement that we stay down here and we don't challenge the system and we do what we're told because we want the love of our parents and our peers and our friends.
1: And this is the way it is. And this, I think, yeah. I think that's a really key piece yeah. is that the collective has a belief system that things are the way they are mm-hmm. and that's the way they are. Yeah. And I think a lot of dynamic, creative entrepreneurial freedom seekers, <laughs> they are the people who are looking at the way things are and going, what if it could be different? Exactly. And I think that's a huge question. And and in ref- reference to young people asking, okay, but how? My invitation is, why do you need to know right now? Mm. We're looking for answers and the whole premise with what I'm creating a container for is that it's okay to not know Mm. and stay in the question. Stay in the curiosity. The curiosity is going to guide you forward and there are going to be things that you meet, but stay open because I don't have your answer. I don't know what your bliss is. I don't know what the right path is for you, but stay in the question because when you're focused on creating the solution that you're looking for, the solution will appear mm. in the perfect time Yeah. from the perfect person to the perfect book or whatever. The insights will come, but so many of us are, are aren't even asking the question. So we, we wouldn't know the we wouldn't recognize the answer, even if it is in the face, yeah. you know? And so it's about asking empowered questions and for somebody that's seeking and looking so, so desperately create space, take permission, take time, that's the whole point of of taking the gap here, right yeah. is to give yourself that space to be in the unknown where you don't know, yeah, and then have live a little you know, have life experiences and be self reflective be self aware and notice, pay attention, how do you feel? what was that experience like, right, yeah, and I think that it's a it's a disservice to think that there's just some passion waiting for you to stumble upon it or some purpose that you're after enough hours of meditation or whatever that you'll just kind of have a light bulb for. I love what you say, like following your bliss. And that's a moment-by-moment thing, and it always changes, yeah. right? It's always evolving with you as you get to know yourself deeper, as you commit to getting to know yourself, things will change and you'll have experiences. Like I, I didn't even know what paras para glide. I think it's called paras. No, it's parasailing. I had no idea that that was even a thing. And then when I came to the lake, it was a couple months ago, I was invited by a friend like, Hey, do you want to come parasailing? My friend, my buddy's a instructor and, um, he's super cool guy. Like come with us. So I said, yes, I went and Oh my gosh, what an amazing experience that was like flying in the air and just, feeling weightless and feeling total trust with the guy that was my guide and being up in the air and looking at the lake and the mountains. And it was just such a blissful experience. And I could have never known that like, that was going to, that that even existed until I said yes. And I was open and I allowed, Mm -hmm. you know, that to come into my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think a lot of the, and now I want to, you know, in the future, I have dreams of, getting my certification and going and hiking and exploring the Himalayas. Like I've got people now that are in my network who do that because I said yes. And I allowed the introduction to happen and I was present for that. And I allowed, and, and I, I, I said, yes. Right. And with anybody's bliss or excitement, who knows what the, what your version of parasailing is going to be, but you got to be open.
0: Yeah. You said two words that, that stand out to me, and it's the two themes that I want to discuss because I think this is helping people get over the hump.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You said allow and trust, mm-hmm. and and here's the thing: you, you talked about taking a risk or or following your, you know, just doing something you haven't done before. That's a that's a great metaphor because whether it's parasailing, which is something like we think of as like leisure or recreation, mm-hmm. or taking a leap into I don't know, living abroad like we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, we you have to. Uh, I mean, we really have to allow for for this unfoldment to happen. And I think this is where we get into the conscious conversation. This is where we get into the spiritual conversation. You know, you you and I have have gone through our own spiritual evolutions and we've gotten to this point where we've we've understood that there's there's a force guiding our lives. My spiritual teacher used to say when when you have awareness in life, then the guidance begins. And I relate that to synchronicity. When you have awareness that there's a force guiding your life, then synchronicity begins. It begins to show you that you're not alone. There's a force that's helping you and supporting you. It actually wants to express itself through you. So a lot of people, one of my favorite quotes is from Bruce Lee, and he says, free your ambitious mind. Learn to die before you die. And and this, you know, when you free the ambitious mind, once you, what you think you're, you're you're here to do, then you open up to a higher vision. And that higher self vision, what I call the heart vision, is is kind of birth. And then you're, you have no choice but to let the guidance to um, move you forward because you're being asked to something bigger is wanting to express through you. So that may take the shape of a project or a mission. You're exactly right. We create our purpose and we create our, you know, we find our passions through play. And I think play is an important topic. We can talk more about that but we create our, our passion we create our purpose and we we step into this where we we step into into a surrendered way of being where we're saying yes life live through me you're just you you said just say yes to these life experiences right mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. And this is relevant, whether you are a spiritual person, whether you're not like I, I dance with that term too, because just to be alive is to be spiritual. To be spiritual is to be alive. Like letting that language go to just know, wow, when you're present to being human, when you're Mm -hmm. present to your mind, like everyone can relate to that. We all have a mind. We all think thoughts. Those thoughts are what are guiding everything that we feel, everything that we do. And then everything we create as a result of that. And so to, to just surrender to, you like surrender to your desires where you want to go like your dreams allowing that to be the guiding mm-hmm. force and it, people call it all sorts of things but even just your dreams like what is it that brings you that excitement and brings you that joy move towards that yeah. allow allow that to be your greatest priority and then step back to sort of watch the dance of life carry you there yeah but also know that to get there it takes moving you like one foot in front of the other like you're taking action as well yeah. and it's a really important piece absolutely
0: and I think one thing that comes to mind as you say this is i'm'm I'm, I'm thinking of in the in the in the terms of like the person the listener out there that's like but how do I do this and the one thing that comes to mind for me which you and I have benefited greatly from is having community mm-hmm. you know you and I just making this connection and having these conversations, helps us stay on that vibration of, yeah, we're really doing this. Yeah, this is really real. And then surrounding ourselves with a conscious community of creators who are creating epic things. Come down to San Marcos, Guatemala. You'll see people building epic, sustainable communities and tribal villages and, Eco centers and retreat. You know, I mean, everyone's doing. They're doing massive things down here, and it's beautiful. Yeah. But we're surrounded by people who are doing it, and I. I. So many people from my past life. In my past life, where I was. My, <laughs> Which one? Yeah. My former life. My yeah. former life, where I was a, you know a party guy. I was a club promoter and a bartender, and you know I worked in the nightlife business. And a lot of people are, are, are hitting me up now, and they're asking, you know, how how'd you do this? How do you? I'm I'm thinking of thinking about making it some changes. <laughs> how do I do this? And, and, and I think what my brother told me, I remember when I was depressed and, and at home alone with, you know, my mom would go to work and I'd just sit there in the basement all day, just, just stewing in my shit. You know, mm-hmm. I call it stewing in my stuff. And <laughs> I just, I just be sitting in, in the shit and, and just miserable. And I remember he told me, get out of the house, go find community. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I've understood now is that, Really, the value of being in a, in a community of, of people that are supportive of these new ideas that we're talking about uh, really help us advance on the path and stay on the path so what kind of what kind of community do people need to I know you're building an online community and what talk a little bit about that like what kind of support structures and systems do we need to stay on this path and sustain us so that our motivation our inspiration stays high
1: so you're talking about one of the the key principles that i'm I'm sharing in in what what platform I'm building, which is accountability, right? To, to live this, to, to breathe this, to stay on the path long enough to really experience the changes, to witness the transformation, to see the dreams that you have begin to actually take form. You need to have accountability around you. And it really does start with you though, right? We, we think about community, but it's got to start with you. It's got to start with you making your commitments, you setting up your environment, for inevitable success, right? The, the, the habits that you're committing to changing the, um, the environment that you have, the, the amount that you think ahead of time
0: to support you when
1: you go off track,
0: speak a little bit about environment. What does that mean? Creating an environment that supports you or, or set yourself up for success. What does that mean?
1: Great question. Um, well, one piece that I think is really important is, your online community or like your online environment, right? What are you tuning into? What are you programming yourself with all the time? What are you reading? What is your like environment? Meaning what kinds of content ideas, you know, are you being exposed to on a regular basis? Are you consuming on a regular basis? Because if it's not supporting who you want to become and where you want to go, then that is a really beautiful space for people to start looking at going, "Mm, maybe this needs to be cleaned up a little bit. Um, and so with your social media or with anything online, right. That's a space to, um, really self-examine and look at, is this really serving me? Um, other aspects of your, your environment are the people around you, Mm -hmm. like in your present actual physical environment. I know a lot of people are struggling because they might have a desire to, become more or create change, but there's a lot of, you know, negative downing kinds of people that are, um, poo pooing their dreams and, yeah. you know, projecting their own fears and doubts and, and worries onto that person. And so that can feel really heavy and yeah. really, um, trapping. And that's your environment. That's, that's, you got it getting to look around and go, is this really serving me? Yeah. And that's where the courage to be disliked piece comes in of, being willing to put you and your dreams as more important than staying small for the sake of pleasing other people. Exactly. Um, and so, when it comes to creating community, looking at, I mean, asking yourself the question: what What do I want? What do yeah. I want in a community? What kinds of relationships do I want to be having? What kinds of messages do I want to be reading? What kinds of uh, teachers do I want to be listening to? Right. Yeah. All of that. We We live in an age with so much freedom of information Mm. and of travel and of connection. Like we have so much available to us. That's never been available. We can fly to the other side of the earth in 12 hours, you know, (laughs) where it used to take months and months and voyages and Mm. like we can be anywhere and learn anything in like that. Right. And so as an individual, it's really up to us to take full responsibility for everything around us, the people that are around us, the ideas that are around us, the conversations that we're participating in. And it's starting with awareness and going, is this still aligned with where I want to go? Yeah. But a lot of people aren't even sure where they want to go. So they never change the environment. Right. So what has to happen first is to ask the question, what do I want? Yeah. What do I, what do I want to be? And then the environment will shift. You will make the changes. It'll become a way clearer how, what changes need to be made in order to support that vision of where you're going. Exactly. Right.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, this, this is a great idea because this is, this is basically, there's this idea that it's selfish, you know, to, to, to just look after yourself and to to ask, what do I want when there's so many other people suffering? And, you know, it's like you, what we're doing what you you hit you hit the nail on the head i actually spoke to this yet uh, today my, my mentor introduced the 12 most common limiting beliefs in his uh training and and one of them was there's a way things are so you nailed that one there there's a collective agreement that this is the way things are and as long as we're plugged into that belief um, people don't want to break the agreement yeah. so what we're doing is we're actually we're actually stepping outside. We're breaking the agreement and we're stepping outside if there's a way things are. And you spoke to the, you use the word possibility a lot. And I love that because when we're creating, we have to be in a space of possibility and we actually have to, you know, you could call it taking permission. It's almost taking permission to be selfish in a way you ask yourself what you want and you give yourself what you want. And you, you, for a while, we have to actually disregard what people are You know, some people say, "Well, that's selfish." Well, you're going off on your own, and you're leaving your family and friends behind, and da 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 da. -da." How is you know? I'm not going to feed you the answer that I want to hear, but but (laughs) for 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 me, um, I knew I had to take care of my my own energy, right? And I knew that when when I had my conscious awakening, I had a service to others consciousness kind of installed into me, where that didn't exist before. It was all about me, and what can I get, and what can I have, and what can I possess, and what what accolade, what you know, what Recognition? Can I get in the world? Because that's what was important to me. But then, then I just realized that if I take care of my own energy and myself and and, and fill my cup, then I have so much more to give. So, what do you? What? How do you relate to this idea of of selfishness versus selflessness?
1: We talked about that a little bit earlier. Just that if you are constantly looking outside of yourself, if you're depleted, if you're drained, if you're not a hundred percent, then it's selfish because you're not giving you, you in everybody else that knows you doesn't actually know who you are, you know, cause you're not fully connected to who you are and you're not nourishing who you are. You're not expressing who you are because you're always giving and looking and, you know, paying attention to others. And even when you're doing so, there's this sense of attachment, there's this sense of obligation or it's, it's not a, it's not truly a genuine connection. If you are feeling drained and then dependent on others for whatever it might be that you you don't have because you're not giving to yourself, mm-hmm. right? If I'm not giving myself every day through active journaling and self-reflection and, and um, other self-love practices, this sense of, of validation and being good enough, then I'm going to go out in the world and manipulate others into telling me what I desperately am looking to hear which is something that I can easily be telling myself because I can't. I don't have power to control others, and it's just this toxic dynamic that so many people are caught up in. And so I think that it is, it is selfless to put yourself first because when you actually learn how to manage your own energy, like you said, um, listen to your own needs, honor what it is that you truly want. You can then be the embodiment of what that looks like for everyone else who's just running around in their life, yeah. wanting to actually have that experience for themselves too, and just not knowing how. yeah. And it starts with you. It, yeah. it always starts with you. And if you don't know who you are, then then you can't know another person, and you're in this space of of mm. um, of disconnection, yeah. And so to put yourself first is to connect with what is the most true. And then to be able to express that fully and hold the space and to see other people for who they are. Mm. And I think that it is the most important thing that we can do, because at the end of the day, at the end, you, you mentioned the, you know, regrets of the dying at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. How many other people you you helped or you feel patted yourself on the back for, you know, doing whatever or that you compromise yourself in order to help this other person feel this way or whatever. When you leave this earth, you leave with you mm-hmm. and you alone. So what is your opinion of you? Right. And what do you think about yourself? What did you compromise on? Because in that final moment on your deathbed, it's just you and you. Yeah. And when you... When you get if if you have to wait until you get there to realize I didn't even know who I was.
0: Yeah.
1: What a shame.
0: Yeah.
1: And I think it's so incredibly important that the earlier you start asking these questions to dive into that to know actually, no, I am so worthy of being honored and of listening to you and of walking courageously in service of, like of myself, of my own dreams, of what I deeply desire. Because then you, by taking permission to do that for yourself, other people see that it's possible.
0: Absolutely. I think you touched on a really important thing. One one thing is that when we take care of our own energy and we give ourselves what we need, not only do we fill our cup and we're able to give more, mm-hmm. but you spoke to like people will see that in us. And I think that's important because... They'll start asking you, and this is great for our business because it's like people start noticing that you're different, you're embodied, you're balanced, you're 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 grounded, and they start saying, "What did you do? How did you get this way?" And for for a life coach, that's great because you're like, "Well, <laughs> do you have a few moments?" And we we start sharing our stories. This is kind of how we lead. We lead by example. I mean, this is what we do in our business. Um, so it's important to be in integrity. It's important to have that balance, right? What I want to know this is you know as as we. The, the, the conversation I want to dive into is what, what most fascinates me about your journey because because it took me so long, so much longer to awaken. What I asked you one time in a conversation, and and I, if you can share this if you want, but I, I've been telling this story to people that, um, you know, I consider my superpower to be, to feel, to feel it all. And I realized that when I was an emotionally sick person, I had stuffed and repressed so much down mm-hmm. that um, when it, I was, I was, I was literally just numb. I mean, I couldn't feel anything. I was, I was emotionally constipated. You had a, uh, you had a moment in your life and, and I suppose it, from what you've told me, it kind of came after the near death and it, and you started exploring yourself and you started exploring your emotions You showed me your computer one time and all the video Mm -hmm. clips that you took Mm -hmm. and you went through each individual emotion and you allowed yourself to feel whatever that was like angry, sad, rage, depressed, Mm -hmm. miserable, um, you -hmm. know, hopeless. Mm -hmm. And you just like recorded yourself two, three minutes up to seven minutes. I don't know. And tell me a little bit about that, why you did it and what it allowed. What it, how did you shift after that?
1: I love that you brought that up because it it really is like, a superpower tool. You know, when you talk about feeling your feelings, I am such a big advocate for feeling your feelings. It is so important and that was something that naturally came. I don't there was there's no one's that I ever saw. Like it was more a personal thing that I did for me to be able to process what I was going through. And in the journey of stepping out onto my own path, there is so much discomfort. There are so many times that I felt afraid that I felt I was worried about money or I was worried about what my parents were going to think or how could I, I could explain this to someone else. And, and I, I realized the beauty in allowing myself to fully feel what I was feeling because when I did that, they always pass we're so scared of feeling our feelings because there's this fear of they'll never end or I won't be able to make it through or it's so uncomfortable. But if you really allow yourself to feel your feelings, what I've learned from this experience of having an emotional video diary, which is what I guide the girls in my program to do as well. Um, you, you can one learn to identify what you're actually feeling instead of just covering it with, I feel afraid or I feel stressed. It's like, no, I actually feel, you know, this and I can explore it and I can witness the thought, like I can, Speak the self-talk that's generating those feelings, and and not judge it, because so much of the time we we feel like we should be happy all the time, and so we feel ashamed or we we repress, and we don't allow ourselves to feel the angry and the messy and the stressed and the the confused, because that's not acceptable, or something's wrong with me if I'm feeling that way. And when I allowed myself with compassion to non-judgmentally feel what I was feeling, and then when I replayed it. <laughs> I could have so much love for myself mm-hmm. and the more love I felt for myself through every emotion, the less scary they were, the less I resisted them and the less often they they arose. Yeah. Um and as you learn to like navigate through that, what I what I learned was this superpower of things not being so scary <laughs> because everything that we fear is a feeling. Yeah. And in the the most difficult times, if I just speak and articulate and allow and witness myself dance with my shadow, like I'm saying, um, the, the less it happens. So in the beginning the videos that I showed you, that happened a lot more frequently. And at this point in my life, at least I feel like I've sort of flatlined a bit. But again, there's going to be new things that come into my life. And there's going to be new, deeper layers to meet myself and new fears and, you know, stepping into bigger stages and stuff like there's always going to be the discomfort that's a part of growth and i think when you film yourself and you reflect on that and you allow it and you don't judge it it's such a it's such a more enjoyable way to expand yeah <laughs>
0: And it's visceral. Like yes. I want to, I want to point out that you said video diary. So there's, there's journaling that people have an idea um, about a, keeping a diary or a journal, mm-hmm. and that's one way of getting your thoughts and emotions and feelings out on the page. But what Celeste did, and what I noticed is uh, watching these videos was that she was emoting, she was feeling viscerally all of those emotions, and it's, it's she did something that I call um, letting the emotion run its course. Mm-hmm. That, that for me is a very visual. Um, Expression, it's its allowing the energy, the emotion to, to, to move throughout your entire body because what happens is when we get emotionally stuck or constipated, um it, it usually it usually um emotionally constipated <laughs> <It's> so good <laughs> it's true i mean we we get emotionally constipated to the point where we don't even we can't even sort through our emotions mm-hmm. so we don't know what we're feeling we can't name it i come across this more in my work with men than women uh men aren't as as good at naming their emotions so they they can't even sift through the the gunk to know what it is they're feeling but what you're what you're suggesting, and what I think is brilliant, and I, I think everyone would start waking up in their early twenties <laughs> if they did this. Yes. is they just they if they just started feeling their feelings, and if it takes take a video diary, then do that. But what Celeste did, which is so admirable, is she took the time and the space and documented her journey into opening up her own feelings and feeling what and honoring what, like she said, just honoring what was there being with what was there and letting it run its course and letting it move through. And the at the end of the day, it's not so scary. And then it
1: moves through and then you're done. Yeah. I always tell people,
0: it's just a feeling. You uh don't have to be scared of your feelings, but we're so like, what kept me addicted to substances. Like I remember ending up in Medellin, Colombia, at the end of my, my drug and alcohol career. I mean, when it was real heavy duty and I just remember the, the idea uh, The prospect of having to go home, I remember my family was like, you've got a problem with drugs and alcohol, Tristan, you need to come home. And the prospect of sitting alone in a room with myself and having to look at this stuff was terrifying. So for me, it was like, I think it's like my resistance created more, more pain than necessary. Had I just begun this process and like, Oh, there's a feeling. Let me feel that. Oh, there's another feeling. Let me feel that. And if I just kept doing that in, in kind of a, a natural progression, it would have been such an, a, a natural way to awaken. So, you know, in our, in our, um, in our culture, we've almost bred This, this, these, this emotional way of being out of our, out of our, our social acceptance. Like Mm -hmm. the socially accepted way of being. My family has told me, oh, don't be so emotional. You're too Mm -hmm. emotional why do you keep bringing up this emotion we're all numb
1: over here so don't 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 distract me away from that
0: why are you getting emotional like why do we need to talk about these things for me that's how i express myself i'm an emotionally sensitive person i actually i do emotional work with people so what i like
1: to say when when people say they're emotionally sensitive good you're alive yeah you're alive
0: yeah i can feel i'm feeling stuff It's
1: another word for saying i'm alive
0: so we can we can actually like in my experience we can form better relationships as well when we just share our feelings. Mm. If I just if I'm sitting with you and I'm just sharing my feelings and I'm saying, "Hey, this is how I'm feeling right now." Then sometimes it's just a need to be heard and sometimes it's it's just like it 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 allows me to just to just state out in the open what's going on so that you can maybe understand me and and you don't have to, you know, the worst thing we can do in the world is kind of Take away someone's experience? No, that's not true. That mm-hmm. you know, just allow people to feel what they're feeling. And I think what we're doing—you can speak to this in your in your own experience. How can we change the game so that feelings become acceptable, so that we become emotionally integrated beings? Because if that's my superpower, and your your you know your your awakening has come from feeling your feelings, what's possible?
1: Everything. <laughs> I love that you you tie this up at the end of this conversation, and with the original question of you know. You being having just turned 40, me being 22, what really was the activating force for me to be here right now, and you're sort of being a mirror for me to see, it absolutely was. It was my willingness to feel, fully feel what I was going through and to learn from that. You know, we look at books being how we learn, we look at teachers being how we learn. I have learned more from witnessing my own feelings and the thoughts that generated them than anything else. Mm. And it has empowered me beyond belief to step out into greater and greater stages of what I want to create and what risks that might entail and um, what difficult conversations that might mean I need to have with whoever might be on my path and in my life at the moment. I think that when you, and it it comes down to having self-love, I think, more than anything. We, We are afraid that if we feel a certain way or if we express a certain emotion, We won't love ourselves Mm. if I'm an angry person or, because this is something that I totally have. I totally agree with, which is the conditions we put on our own self-love or the conditions others have put on to love us, right? We learn the, our own conditions for self-love from the conditions that others have for loving us. And we aren't lovable if they they can't love us, if we're angry or if we're not this perfect centered person, you know? And so all we really want in this world is to feel and experience love, yes. right? And it, beyond everything else, we, we pursue what we do to feel those amazing expansive feelings. And I think all of them can sort of be summed up in the word love.
0: Yes.
1: Um, and so when it comes to feeling your feelings, the more you can witness your feelings, which I think is the, what we are most ashamed of, The negative ones, the uncomfortable ones, the anger, the guilt, the blame, like all of these things that we then judge ourselves for. The more we can witness and feel them, observe them, allow them, the more love we can have for the being that we watch experience those waves of emotion. Yes. And when we have that sense of compassion for ourselves, there is nothing that we can't do. There is no path that can scare us away from at least trying. Yeah. And, and something they say to the girls as well, it's just you're going to feel uncomfortable no matter what. So you might as well feel uncomfortable in the path to your dreams. Yeah. You're going to feel uncomfortable if you're driving to work towards a job that you hate because there's going to be other things in your life that are generating that. So learning to feel is going to empower you no matter what. And if you're going to be empowered and feeling discomfort no matter what, you might as well be doing that and feeling uncomfortable because you're saying no to what's not serving you instead of facing the thing that doesn't serve you over and over again every day. Absolutely.
0: So we're, we're going to come to a close here in a little bit. And I love what you said. You, you nailed the, the exact thing I was thinking about, which was compassion. I've heard from a spiritual teacher here in town that we're only in our power when we can feel loving compassion towards ourselves. So this is a really important thing. Uh, part of the work that I do is I help people develop an emotional foundation because I believe that when we have the three pillars of my emotional foundation philosophy is compassion, acceptance, and gratitude. These are higher vibrational feelings, and if you check out David Hawkins' work, you know any listeners out there, you can download uh, David Hawkins' um, uh, consciousness maps, and he he's he's done kinesiology with emotions, and he's given them all measurements, and you can actually see that compassion and acceptance and gratitude. These are high level emotions. So we're actually conditioning ourselves to be on a higher vibration. And we're doing this consistency. So I'll get into that more in later podcasts, more about the heart math and the coherence conversation. But for now, um, we're coming to an end with this interview with uh, and this this casual conversation, really, it's cacao. My cacao is
1: empty and I am feeling good.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. We've covered a lot today, so I hope this has been really helpful. Um, this is Celeste Racy. She's uh, starting a project called Gap Year Girls. And uh, where can they find you?
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, so the project that my partner and I are starting is the Gap Year Girls. We're on Facebook, the Gap Year Girls. You can find us there. Um and really just a project oriented at supporting young women who are in that transitional phase of their life with the tools and the support system to live their best life and come into that for themselves.
0: Love it. Thank you so much for being here.